When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Justified Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Justified City Prime Evil on FX Hulu. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season one, episode five. You good? Question mark? Definitely don't say that with a period at the end. It's not Detroit. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? Before I talk about what I thought of this episode, I've come to collect an apology on behalf of every thick, milfy black woman in America, <laughs> that was who, who is in my email box taking umbrage, umbrage at the fact that you didn't think they could pull a Raylan Givens. Uh, mm-hmm. I I smoked this. I smelled this out like a fucking bloodhound. I did not was not surprised at all at, with by the first thirty seconds of this episode. What's what what do you have to say for yourself? This might be the most writerly thing I've ever seen happen on TV. Oh my god, he's doubling down. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Come for I'm it. kidding. No, apparently okay. I don't understand this show in any way because so many things that I thought would never happen or I thought were I, I was uncertain about are coming true just in my face. Like, yeah, uh they they don't even wait. It's not even like a hint of hey, there might be something there. Uh in this episode, it's just bam. They they fucked, man. They went at it that night. They yeah. got the Blantons in them, and then, yeah. <laughs> Blaming it on the Blantons, okay. No, I, wow. I but I, I just feel like they they laid, yeah, clear tracks of um, mutual attraction, and then when Willow was calling it, I'm like, uh-huh, they're That's actually going to go wild. for it. Because yeah. it's not L the time that Raylan beds down, you know, attractive new co-stars on the show. I'd say, sure. I'm not even sure if it's the majority of the time. Because uh, so many of those attractive yeah. women are like on the wrong side of the law, mm-hmm. you know. Um, for every he has Ava, a type. Boyd, I mean, you look at Ava, you look at Winona. He's got a type, yeah. but I, yeah, apparently his type extends well beyond what I thought his type was. His type is women. Well, I shouldn't even limit him there I because that. I might be wrong. His type <laughs> is true. Is at the very loosest definition, a human being. I think. That that guy that, that boy has been out of been out of Kentucky for a while, and mm-hmm. he's broadened his horizons. Who knows they how broad? Two different go. things down there in Miami. Yeah, yeah. By by next season, he'll be uh, you'll be waking up next to Sweetie. Uh huh. Could be. Uh, um, I liked. Yeah, I like this. I like this episode. Um, I do, it's yeah. got that you know the classic. Um, you know, as people just getting in deeper and deeper. Uh, the morally compromised, uh, special pleading for you know, I was like, oh, I don't, I've, I've done every, I've worked so hard and I've done everything right, and just one time I'll be bad for good reasons, and boy, it's not, it's not gonna go well for people. Um, and also, best part, no brill. 
a no grillless episode. Grill. He's been taken off the case, or I feel like this. Sh- he shot a guy, so he's uh-huh. like, "Don't you get an automatic vacation?" I, when, I assume when you kill yeah. someone. Yeah. You have to talk with you know counselors and it's like make sure you're ward. okay. Uh, I want to see th- his counseling sessions. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I, I, the count. This is the first time in the history that the police counselors refuse to see someone. He's just <laughs> way too big of an asshole. Yeah. Um. But no, I I, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, they have mm-hmm. the cla- I I love the uh, Wendell like having a conversation that has nothing to do with Raylan's conversation. Um. You know, Raylan insisting on doing things that this Detroit guy knows aren't going to work and it blowing up in his face. And also, I'm glad we got that the primer on Raymond Cruz. Yeah, because uh, that scene meant a lot more to me, knowing that he's like this big Elmore Leonard character. Now, I don't get a lot of the references. Clearly, there's something about a Cutlass Supreme and Raymond Cruz and maybe out of sight. I tried to do some Googling mm-hmm. with various terms that I knew to see if I could come up, you know, to, with what they're trying to go at. But like, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, too. And I'm sure if you're a big Elmore Leonard fan is even more so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I wonder I know people have been getting kind of antsy with this show. It's not just like, oh, everybody hates Willa. And that's the only complaint. I think people are like looking for a little more action from this show and a little more confrontation i guess mm-hmm. out of Raylan, especially with it being an eight episode run and that's it mm-hmm. um they, they don't they, they don't have like the intricate scenarios that we're kind of used to and justified so i get that complaint a little bit but i'm still really enjoying it you know there's not a lot of action this episode but it's still fun to watch yeah they really what they're missing and they had in the first few episodes with the you know the what was it the white separate splinter group that you know Raylan could kick in their door and they're dumb mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the back when he was in Harlan there was this like endless cast of characters where he you know right. we talk about like his whole school of detective work is like going to a place where is he going to a place where is he and there's like all the girls at the at Ava's uh, sex worker shop uh, you got the Crowders down at their bar. You got the mm-hmm. uh, Limehouse and his crew up at Noble Hall. You always had this colorful cl- cast of characters where you could interface with Raylan, where it's like yeah. when Raylan's not dealing with like the Albanians or a Klim, that's you, yeah. it's uh, you feel something missing like you know and like the Klim stuff is really good and the Raylan stuff but I feel uh-huh. like there's there's like a that third axis that hasn't quite ignited because I I think that Carolyn and Sweetie could have been that but they're Sweetie's way too involved the Klim and Carolyn's way too involved the Raylan to really feel like you're getting away and they're just also not you know they need to be like 50 IQ points dumber yeah and, oh, well, and that's the thing the, the thing that we were worried know, about there's just no, there's no like really just like shit kicking dumb guys for Raylan to roll yeah. tough on, and I think Skinder's that's where a lot of the action. Sidelined, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot. You get a lot of quick hit from him, just like you know punching Dewey Crow at a yeah. traffic stop or something, and you're just and not the, getting the that hilarious now. conversations that you can have, right? That that almost action style dialogue that you can have with yeah. the character that dumb. Yeah, where uh, he's mentally kicking Dewey Crow's ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. And the thing, I guess this is a symptom of the thing that we worried about at the beginning of this show is, are they going to be able to replicate the feel of Justified in a different city where Raylan is not intimately familiar with these characters? Because that's the thing that I feel, if I had one complaint is missing, it's that not just the rich cast of characters, but the history that you feel 
in this place with these characters, right? Raylan mm. knows all these people. Raylan went to school with a bunch of these people uh, in Kentucky. He doesn't have that here. So he's got no connection to the place or the people. And you feel that missing for sure. But uh, yeah, I'm still in, but really the thing enjoying is, the show. Is like, it's not justified the season, but it. I, I guess I'm looking for it to be different. And, and I think the difference mm-hmm. is that Raylan is out of his element. Raylan's actually more afraid in some of these episodes. Like, I think he's genuinely concerned for Carolyn because he doesn't see where all the angles are. He doesn't mm-hmm. know where all the danger is in this city. You know, it's like a lot different when you're squiring like Ava or Winona around and Harlan and Lexington and you know like 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 all the major players and where that what angles are going to come at you at and what uh you know kind of leverage they're going to have and what kind of crew they're going to roll with but a lot of this is question marks and it's it's also frustrating you can see some genuine frustration of like why can't this is one of those impossible cases like we yeah. you know you, you're it's just nonsensical right like there is no real connection and I definitely think the people that are like a little, a little bloodthirsty, um, there is so much foreshadowing that this is going to end in a death that I think you're going mm-hmm. to get what you want eventually, you know, because that's what yeah. Raymond Cruz is just saying, like, well, eventually you're just going to shoot him. And mm-hmm. Rayland, uh, 10 minutes before that conversation was like, well, the other thing you can do is just shoot him. Mm-hmm. And this being justified, I think Clem is at the end is going to get shot. That feels about right. Um yeah, he's probably going not to, above just shooting criminals, you know. Oh, and look at all the line. He's still he's like sending flowers mm-hmm. to him, like he's and it's provoking. And, him. Yeah, right. And I he's going to the one thing I think that is going to have Raylan kill a person in cold blood in this in this uh, part of his life is a threat to his daughter, and eventually it's going to get back to there. Yeah, I still don't see it. They're still not laying that track, uh, in my opinion, but. Then again, I didn't see them uh, laying some other tracks either. So don't take my word for it. We were looking for track. You should have been looking for the pipe. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Keep your eyes on the pipe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There ain't nothing in life that comes for free. That's why we have this ad break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Home is wherever the podcast takes me. Welcome back to the Justified Podcast. All right, yeah, maybe we should get into that first scene. Uh, Carolyn slept with Raylan, and she says it's not going to change anything about their relationship. Raylan's going to get some coffee just as Jamal shows up, and Jamal tells him to let Carolyn know he was here. In a pretty threatening way, this guy, 
Yeah, I mean, he he just thinks, you know, this is a boy toy side piece. Uh, he doesn't realize he's dealing with a federal marshal here, but he's kind of... Yeah. I like how the way uh, the street pastor nutritionalist, uh, you know, all the, the, the bullshit he told Raylan, I like how that comes mm-hmm. back in her second confrontation. Um, yeah. I don't know what he's thinking with this suit. Um, I've never understood asymmetrical clothing very much, but sure. Yeah. It tags it's, on the it, outside. Yeah. It, it looks like, it looks like a misprint at the Adidas factory or something. I, <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Maybe he got it, you know, off the, off the racks at, I don't know, some <laughs> discount store, some outlet mall where they're giving away clothes. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There, then you said something about the neighborhood can be hazardous to your caucasity. It's like, I wonder, is there like these, uh, elite, black neighborhoods in Detroit where you, 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 you step wrong and you get, uh, you just, you just, you know, it's like some kind of <laughs> opposite, uh, get, uh, racially bent, get out situation. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's talking, talking smack, but, uh, I, I thought it was interesting though. Ray, Rayland is kind of on his back foot a little bit because, you know, it's like that happened but also you know they've got to kind of keep some objectivity because they still have the whole situation with the client and she's got a reputation mm-hmm. protect i never thought about the racial dynamics of not just fucking a white guy but fucking a white cop mm-hmm. you know like that's yeah. the first thing that carolyn's ex you know jamal uh narrows in on like oh my god i cannot believe you got this mayonnaise sandwich and oh my god he's got a badge too yeah there's uh, so much that is like no good well not even no good but this is a a doomed relationship right like Mm. you can't have a defense attorney fucking one of the cops who's investigating a client you just can't have it yeah yeah there's a some some professional boundary crossing as well too yeah yeah you can't do that carolyn should know this it's raylan should know i mean raylan's that attractive yeah but I don't think Raylan's going to get in trouble for it, right? Raylan's not going to lose his job because he's there. Mm. He's the guy who's trying to prosecute him. It's the defense that needs to be concerned about this because uh, it's just compromising. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know what the ethics would be of that, but it can't be good. Just knowing for what I know no. about, you know, bar association rules and stuff, there's got to be some kind of rule against dating the investigator of a client, you know? Especially a relationship that starts during that investigation like if they were husband and wife for 10 years or something and yeah one of them's different. a prosecutor one's a defender yeah, it'd be but maybe, maybe but one of them should step recuse themselves of yes. the situation or disclose that conflict of interest to your client certainly because uh, yeah you think jamal's pissed wait till you find that clint uh, wait, wait till clint finds out right right yeah that's dangerous too i didn't even think about it the danger from that perspective but whew. yeah um Let's go to Clem and Sandy meeting with Sweetie at a local diner to talk about the people in the little black book deciding who they're going to hit. And they settle on hitting Bulldozer Bert. Uh, Bert, Bert Dickey, speaking of, speaking of Dickies, speaking of Dewey's and Dickies. I got excited because I heard Dickey and I forgot that that was a first name and a last name. I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be like one of the Bennett's that have like, because <laughs> oh you know, he, she had like other family members that kind of implied that like escaped Harland and like, 
Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be fucking cool if like one of his cousins? At but no, it's yeah, it's just David Cross. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not Dickie Bert. It's Bert Dickie. So yeah, uh, Sandy's they, pretty shaken after her roommates run in with the Albanians too. Well, yeah, yeah, and also, uh, I think Sweetie would be concerned if he knew that Clem was involved in Albanians. I would think so. Yeah, because Sweeney, Sweetie seems to feel like that's a really bad idea that those people peel you like an orange if you cross them. Yep. No, he's well aware of how bad it is to tangle with them. Uh, uh, this is the thing: the the information disparity in this show. I love it. It's one of the biggest things I like about the show. And also, there's like a little bit of like Ocean's Eleven kind of like Danny Ocean. Uh, talking with Brad Pitt about the heist like I like these two criminals mm. talking and like shorthand about their marks and like why one wouldn't work the other one would and mm-hmm. you know and then they come to uh, Dickie here yeah and you get the impression that Sweetie is and maybe has always been the brains of this operation right yeah Clem's looking for his advice on who to Clem's hit here the balls Clem's yeah. the balls and yeah. There might be a three testicle situation because it's just too much, too many, too much, <laughs> way too much. Yeah. Uh, I I think the shots of the milkshake are just to show like Sandy being shaken. You know, pun intended. Uh, she can't she can't drink it right. She's just doesn't have the stomach for it at the moment. Has to excuse herself. Yes. Yeah. She's uh you know like uh like 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 Wendell said she's got that look that uh, he's seen many times before when someone's just uh just weighing over their head yeah especially when um sweetie mentions the albanians right because she knows that's the shit they're in right now I, i'm kind of surprised she doesn't say anything although with clem there i bet he yeah. would not he would frown on that probably yeah she's she's definitely you know because he told her like in a very uh, shitty way that like I don't want any word out of you. I want to keep your pretty lips wrapped around that milkshake straw. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, he didn't. Yeah. That I don't think her interjecting would have been met with anything no. good. Uh. And then we go back over to Raylan, who tells Carolyn that Jamal came by, and then they part ways. Carolyn drives into the office with Raylan tailing her for protection. What do you think about that? Because like. Uh, he lays uh, two scoops of sugar on her. Mm-hmm. She says, I don't want you following me. I've got plenty of protection at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. But she's not at the courthouse. He's That's the thing. Like, ultimately, her protection there. I think it would have been one thing if she'd followed her into the courthouse and, like, but, like, yeah, she says, I think he was, like, following the letter. Or maybe the spirit of the law rather than the letter. And and ultimately she was fine with it because she had a pretty big smile mm-hmm. on her face when she realized that he was still keeping a, keeping a watchful eye on her on, on her way there. Um as Jamal says later, I think it's getting it's getting emotional. She's starting to really like this guy. It's not just, oh, we shared some blends, let's get it on. Yeah. She's she's liking him. Yeah. Um and and, and there's that hmm. Yeah, so she tells him to do one thing. He does a different thing. Later in the episode, she's going to bring up the concept of trust uh, in the face of Jamal and how he is just like the the slimiest, wriggliest fish you could possibly catch, right? Yeah. Um, not a trustworthy bone in his entire body. And, and then you got Raylan here, who I think is the exact opposite. And that's what is 
so appealing about him to her. Yeah, and I don't think Raylan will lie. I mean, because Raylan can definitely hurt women. Um, oh, yeah. Not intentionally and not usually from himself, but like, uh, and it's not usually from lying, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not usually I'm not right saying away. Raylan, I'm not saying Raylan is a good news type of thing. Because like, mm-hmm. that's one of the questions when, like, you know, we meet Raymond Cruz, or I guess it's Raymond Cruz's wife. Like, you're through that conversation, and I didn't know they were divorced yet. I'm like, God, how does Raymond work this out with a lady, you know? Because, like, clearly mm-hmm. he's the same type of guy. And then you find out, no, you just, these are he just. Didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you I, one thing I've learned from these shows is, like, don't fucking date murder police. Like, yeah. they're either going to, they're, they're going to retire and resent, resent you taking them off the cases forever, or they're going to fucking turn into, murderous alcoholics like there's no in between yeah there's no in between it doesn't seem it's it's a a job that takes a toll on you for sure um no theme this time which i thought was interesting it's just kind of a justified graphic and it doesn't really give us like a a pause for a theme kind of section it didn't even honestly even register with me yeah because it's there and gone um and then we come back to an all-hands meeting at the precinct so uh, they can get their asses chewed over the lack of progress on the Judge Guy case. And Maureen gets put in charge. Uh, she's now the lead detective on this case. Didn't we the- just say the perfect thing to do is to send Brill home, put Mo uh-huh. in charge, His and dumb by God, himself home. in three episodes, this is going to be solved. Yep. <laughs> it will be. It will be. One way yeah, or another. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You put Mo on the case, three episodes later, it's gone. So it's a mm-hmm. good thing that, hey, I guess we had Brill around, or this has been a four-episode season. Jesus. And I thought uh, Raylan was kind of taking the lead on this case, but apparently it was Brill. Brill was the the point guy on this thing. What? That felt like a little bit of a demotion for Raylan because he was explicitly the lead officer on the case, and now it's now Brill sidelined and it's Mo. Uh, that's that that was weird because they got to put one of their own in charge. They can't can't yeah. put Raylan in charge. They want to get results. And uh, this is Makes where sense. Wendell was having his parallel conversation where he's imagining being at a nice warm spot where he's not have to worry about the judge's death and Raylan is you know can't get over it. Uh, Jim, you've been to Venice. What the hell uh, is a Bar- Borsellino hat? I don't know if that's a style or a brand. I, I'm assuming it's a brand. I think it's just like a fedora type hat. Okay. All right. I could be wrong. I, I really don't know. I'm not a hat guy. Certainly not even to the level of Wendell, let alone Raylan. Hmm. But yeah, Raylan didn't I seem guess... pleased with that offer. He wasn't like, it oh, is, yeah, Borsellino, give me one of those. <laughs> he was like, mm, yeah, you, you were, I got you were my right. hat. It's... It's an Italian fashion brand, and and I, I guess they do make a lot of fedoras. Okay, maybe they have their own style too. Maybe they've got a signature hat. The Italian Raylan Givens wears a Borsellino, for sure. I would I would watch an Italian Raylan series. Yeah, actually, you know what? And and he he's from Sicily, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I used Where to all the crime happens, yeah. <laughs> Organized. I used crime. to peel him and him and the, the Italian boy used to peel tomatoes together. <laughs> uh huh. And those Sicilians to go, kill you like an orange, right? That's sure. right. That's right. The show almost writes itself. Beautiful. Let's do it. Uh. So Raylan and Wendell. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Carolyn has a scene in here uh, where she conspires with Sweetie's Sweetie. This is another thing I did not see coming, but you totally called. Uh, 
I don't know his name. Sweetie, sweetie is what I'm calling him. Uh, man, they, they, they. I think they tell, told his name one time last uh, episode, and I, I wrote it down, but I, I didn't, I didn't remember it in this one. Gotcha. Uh, they're, they're trying to get Clement's gun from the bar. She's like saying, "Hey, you know where it is? Maybe we could arrange for me to, to get it out in the open. Find it for me." Yeah. Um, and he realizes that that's, you know, he sees a problem with that is that that doesn't do anything, you know, that, that gets rid of Clem, but it doesn't really do anything to put sweetie clear. Right. Cause he's got to also testify and he's got to mm-hmm. turn in the gun. He can't be like, he can't just lose track of it and the feds grab it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no dice there. Yeah. So Raylan and Wendell go back to the scene of Judge Guy's murder and search for clues, all the way back to the beginning of the case. Raylan's fixated on the little black book that he thinks is going to be the key to this thing. He's interested in talking to Daryl Woods, a guy who found Rose's body, but Wendell's like, yeah, he was high on PCP. He's not going to remember anything. And even not if he likely did, to how recall, can you trust it? Then. Yeah. There's some pretty funny stuff in here, meta commentary, mm-hmm. yes. where... <laughs> Wendell saying like ah, if I you know he wanted to be a crime det- uh, writer his whole life mm-hmm. if I wrote this as a whodunit no buy a single copy uh, <laughs> which obviously this is all based on the Elmore Leonard book which I assume yeah. sold far more than one copy probably uh, at least two or yeah. three um, it's, a, it's a, a little good fun scene. Mm-hmm. yeah and it, again it's it's this is very bunk and McNulty uh, totally. it, 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 it had a nice little rhythm to it uh, so then Sweetie calls Bert Dickey to schedule a blackmail session or extortion session, I guess. Uh, and D- David Cross is the guy playing Bert Dickey. He's in a business meeting. Uh, David Cross not being funny in this episode whatsoever. Is not this is this his turn? Now. Is he trying to go purely dramatic now? Um. Yeah, I'm trying is to think if I've Odenkirk ever seen him in a turn? purely dramatic dramatic role i i'm sure i have um of course you know david cross famous Maybe. for four out of five bald movers thinking that he's my doppelganger <laughs> and i've never gotten this <laughs> i don't like it but uh how, how do you think it's how, not meant as a slight i mean I, i'm not saying it's a slight I, I i don't i'm not like david cross is an ugly monster it's like i don't look <laughs> i don't look in the mirror and see familial brotherhood uh, physical resemblance to Mr. David Cross. Well, anybody who's wondering can find out at youtube.com slash bald move because we've got several videos up there showing either A. Ron Hubbard or David Cross on these videos. Who you can be the judge. Which, who can say which is which? Yeah. Uh, I will say he didn't look very A. Ronnie in this scene, in that profile view. Telling um, you. Just like, still it's has like there's the some superficial head, I think like, it's I think it's the nose and like the eyebrows but like almost everything yeah. else is and the fact he's usually got a, a, bit, a bushy beard but yeah uh, that helps um can I ask you what the sweet fuck Clem was doing like he's Charlie Day levels of fuckery with a plan like he's this guy's trying to uh-huh. shake down a white collar <laughs> not mobbed up connected guy while Clem's and trying to shake him down, yeah, he's for just having bucks. all this. Ra- he's, he's like a toddler in the background, wanting the cheese stick while mom's talking to the office. Like, wh- mm-hmm. what the fuck, man? Is this a disrespect thing? Is he trying to like show Bert that they they don't respect him? That like 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know because it. It, it makes... didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like this was a worked scene. It feels like that Sweetie was trying to run a particular, you know, intimidated, like you know, essentially doing it's that thing sloppy. where you ask the person if something's okay, but then you just blow, like you just make it sure you make sure to, that they know that you're calling the shots. Yeah, you don't care about whether they. Think but it seemed okay. like it's being undermined by just the, mm-hmm. the jackassery of Clem. But so I thought, like you're saying, like this is a deliberate disrespect to, like you know, no, it's not worked. It's it's not a work between Clem and him. I I think it's Clem exerting his authority situation, right? Sweetie's running all this. Yes, and and that gets Clem a little antsy because he wants to be the guy running things. Especially since he gassed him so much about how instrumental he is, and he sees Sweeney. Now he's, he's got to knock him wearing down a fancy again. suit, and he's and now yeah, yeah. Oh, I built him up a little bit too much. It's time to yeah, time to fuck with a him piece a of work, man. He is just a fucking agent of chaos. He's chaotic evil. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the charitable reading. The uncharitable reading is he's just a fucking idiot who doesn't realize how dumb what he's doing is, right? And he's just concerned with oh, I want to go buy some stupid thing or play craps or whatever he's doing for whatever he's doing yeah uh and then we go over to carolyn trying to talk some uh to some politician named diane about who judge guy's replacement's gonna be this is isn't this their prosecutor friend that they were you know she was saying i'd fuck the shit out of kevin costner Uh, i think this is the same one that they she was with when she got that drink ordered she was trying to work out i think you're right client I just don't know what function of government she serves in right now. She's uh, a prosecutor. I think she's she's some she's she's a she's some sort of prosecutor. I'm not sure how like what whether she's state or higher. I think it's state because she's running for okay. a circuit judge. I mean, prosecutors certainly can play a political game. It's a very political position. Yeah, I guess. I guess I, I feel like it shouldn't be, but it is. You know should uh yeah. execute the execute the laws as they're i mean most places and... vote on them and that's going to be a yeah. political role no matter that's how true. you slice that's it true. like you know like that's the thing it's like when carolyn's like we don't need politicians on the benches like well then we need to re-fucking structure this comp- country because very few times you know like uh very many of the judges especially at the the county and state level are certainly elected yeah, this is another instance of Carolyn being told, this is how you play the game. Either yeah. play it or don't, and don't cry and about the results. It's not even like unwritten rules. Like, yeah, judges are political, man. True. Have yeah. you not paid attention to the last generation or two of U.S. history? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so apparently Diane is vying for that job, right? And tells her, you know what? If you don't like it, go make friends with the governor and try and do something about it. Yeah, I'm wondering if Diane is on Judge Guy's Dirty Tricks book list. I mean, kind if of, that's the name she sees there, then that's, that's a what big, I was thinking. That's two birds, one stone, right? Like leverage your your way into this thing and also yeah. eliminate a competition. I don't have to. I don't have to make friends with the governor. I just have to take you down. Uh huh. Yeah, we'll see if that's the name she saw and when she decides to deploy that. Hmm. Uh, so then Raylan realizes that if they want to catch Clement, they should talk to the guy who arrested Clement before, caught him once. Uh, they go to Raymond Cruz's ex-wife's house to track him down, but she's not helpful at all. Uh, at least not in this scene. She will be later. And then they go back to the precinct where Raylan gets flowers from Clement. 
What the fuck? Yeah, let's let's talk about the ex-wife stuff first. Mary Alice. Yeah, I mean, what's there is there to say? Like uh, Raymond Cruz seems like he is the stereotypical world-weary murder police uh, that he focuses on his job. Probably doesn't keep his uh, promises to his wife. That's why she's his ex-husband or ex-wife. She doesn't like him. She doesn't mm-hmm. keep tabs on him, and which I'm sure is a funny inside joke if you're familiar with Raymond Cruz's part in the larger Leonard verse. Uh, she says to tell him that I had his cutlass toad because I was tired of it taking up space in my garage. So, probably, yeah, probably funny. I don't know. Uh, yeah, she also knows Wendell, um, which uh, makes sense. You know, if this guy's retired from the same force that Wendell was on. She knew like Wendell buddies. from like when he graduated from the academy. That feels like uh, yeah, a little this guy's bit of, significantly like, older. Yeah, a little bit of pinch in his cheeks, kind of like <sighs> I knew uh, you from when you were knee high, kind of sure uh, uh, aspect to their relationship. And he's very deferential yeah. to her. And I love when they're walking away and it's like, oh, well, how do you think about how the way I told you was going to go is exactly how it went? Uh huh. Okay, um, well, let me ask you about the flowers. Okay. What the fuck is the point of this? You just is... you're poking the bear, you idiot. Well, he's poking a bear. How hard is he poking? Are we supposed to understand that Clem knew that Raylan spent the night at Carolyn's house? Ooh. Cause flowers is an interesting uh-huh. direction for Clem's mind to go. And it could have been because I thought it was interesting they had Wendell mistake it as like, oh, your daughter must be missing you. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess I, I guess and if it I ties had a directly back and... to that, right? Yeah. The chicken fat thing is like, yeah, that's saying that's connecting that's, his daughter that's... directly to it. Yeah, you're right. So I don't, I don't think he knows. Um, because the thing is, Raylan's how a car was parked out in front of her house all night. So, like, if Clem did come by in the middle of the night, I, I but I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think he. He did. Um, I don't think so. But it, it's also, it's just an idiot move. You know, why yeah. hassle the cop who's trying to track you down when there's no reason to? I looked into chicken fat because this is the second time it came back. And I'm like, what a weird thing to call someone. And mm-hmm. here's what I turned up. Chicken <laughs> fat was a 1962 song that John F. Kennedy commissioned as part of his presidential council for physical fitness. Remember that this is this uh, George W. Bush resurrected this with Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the eighties. Um, but they commissioned this song. They hired a Broadway composer that did the music on the music man and the unsinkable Molly Brown. They hired the professional singer, Robert Preston to record a song, which was turned into this famous 33 uh, seven inch 33 RPM disc that was given to all like elementary and junior high schools across the country. And it's a seven minute song that essentially leads children through a basic calisthenics work workout, like a little bit of sit-ups, a little bit of push-ups, a little bit of jumping jacks and stretches. And the chorus is uh, go you chicken fat, give that chicken his fat back, go you chicken fat, go. <laughs> and I think okay. There's two possibilities here. Clem is either calling, like saying that Raylan was a little chubby when he went to, you know, like trying to put in his mind, in his daughter's mind, he was a little chubby going into the Marshall Academy. Or there is also a single off of an album called Chicken Fat by a fairly famous uh, jazz 
mm, uh, uh, here a we musician, go. Mel Brown, in 1967, named after this song. And I, because he's also a big jazz guy, uh-huh. but I don't like. Maybe he just thinks chicken fat is a funny thing, but I don't know. That this, this is what I came. This is this is what I came up with when it comes to chicken fat as an insult. Love it, love it. Could be ironic. It could be that Raylan's always been a string bean, and he's like ironically using yeah, the fat is the fat, last like, thing I think of when I think of Timothy Oliphant. He's yeah, very, right. very, very lanky, gaunt. Okay. Uh, that's an interesting history for chicken fat. I had no idea. All right, let's go over to uh, Sweetie and Clement going out to Bert's house. Sweetie tells Clement a story about jamming with Miles Davis while they're sitting out in the car. And then they go inside and they negotiate the extortion rate with Bert. And afterward, Clement isn't happy with the price they got, even though the point was just to find out if the book would work. We got to get out of this town alive. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I just poured a fresh shot of bourbon. We're back with more Justified. Uh, what did you make of the story with Miles Davis, famous jazz musician? I think he was trying to impress upon Clem the idea that if you are truly great at something, you don't have to like bullshit. You don't have to posture. You just have to play, man. Like everyone's chill. Hmm. everything's quiet everything's calm and like it's a stringer bell approach to crime like from the wire you know like let's just run this like a business let's not do so much fucking improvisational bullshit this is like telling him to keep it cool as they go in to do this thing right yeah yeah and i think that clem is like from his perspective that's boring like miles davis wouldn't just chill plays like that that is jamming that is the essence of jazz playing off the emotion and the uh and the, but like that's an insane way to go about doing crime you know wild improvisational course, criminals yeah. like don't they don't feel like they <laughs> they they like like would last very long mm-hmm. um so i i think that's what it is um my question be lamenting the idea that he's uh he's here right now with this guy doing this thing, right? Like I could have been, I could have been somebody. I was jamming with Miles Davis. Yeah. Look at the and people. Then we got who, into the this elbows, shit. the elbows I was rubbing up against. And then right? you fucking wrecking crewed me. I don't, I don't know if this is the right, <laughs> the right time to be doing that. So maybe it doesn't mean that it might be more your explanation, but that's kind of what I was feeling. 
Um, like, and it could be like it's it could be a little bit of both that like because you know Clem's like an open question like why did you bring that up and maybe even because I also don't know mm-hmm. why it was go time like when the lawn care truck pulled up were they just gonna I, I'm not sure exactly why that triggered them to go in. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, is you got big ears a compliment? And what does I it mean in that context? Don't know. Because I don't think Miles Davis had famously big ears. I thought maybe it was an ironic statement, but I'm like, and I looked up a picture. I'm like, I wouldn't say that man has big ears. Is it a compliment about how well, like, you know, I met Clem at this point, or I'm Sweetie at this point, he's younger. He's like a younger guy. Maybe he's the youngest guy in that musician. And then, like, it's like a sign of respect that, like, you know, he's got big ears because he listens to good music and he's able to Uh judge. Maybe. Maybe. It's kind of what I was thinking because it's it's the punctuation on this story, right? Comes yeah. up to Miles Davis, comes up, says, "Kid, you got big ears." Yeah, and he smiles. You know, he's he's remembering that fondly. So it's not an insult. Or it also could be it? like you know, like in the Master and Commander, the Jack Aubrey's t- talking to uh, telling a story about meeting Admiral Nelson, and you build, you know, you lead up. It's like, oh, y'all never forget. He turned right to me and he said, "Aubrey, can I trouble you for the salt?" Like you, it's like a build up. Like you think it's going to be like. Yeah. What's the coolest cat that ever jizzed jazz is going to say to, you know, like me, this up and coming. And he's like, you got big ears. You know, like it's an ironic. Yeah. You think it's going to be. It's, it's the that, one thing. Oh, he's so close to a brush with fame and, and yeah. wild success. But he was still so far away. Right. Because they don't yeah. take him seriously. He doesn't say, come join me and jam on the next album. He doesn't say, come join me on tour. Because yeah. he's about to die. He's going to die a month later. He was at the, you know. On on death's door, he bequeaths to him, "You've got big ears." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this is not uh, the the, the O'Neater's drummer shit from that thing you do, you oh, know, where he's yeah. gonna go uh, become a famous musician or whatever, right? Um. Anyway, so, did, like yeah, the, th- the names he's checking, I don't know Richie Ricky Lawson from Cooley, but like you mm-hmm. know Michael Stevie Lionel. Sure. Yeah, if, Michael if Jackson, Stevie Wonder. I think I know. Yeah. Yeah, Lionel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like okay. I recognize those names for sure. And mm-hmm. Miles Davis. You. Right. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the negotiation that happens with Bert? I gotta say, I'm not like they're wanting to see if this works. And my my, I, they were going for the biggest pussycat that they recognized on the list. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm with sweet. I don't know why you don't sweat this guy a little bit harder. You know, yeah, you go, I mean, you, you go start with 30. This guy starts with five. And then like, I don't think you, I think Clem's kind of a, the right that you could have squeezed this guy for more money. Mm-hmm. But also there's something to sweet. There's something the sweeties approach is like, let's just make the 10 grand and move on. Let's do this, you know, instead of doing something three, but, let's do this 10 or 20 times and but like yeah it's interesting because they know now that the book has valuable information in it and people can be extorted with that information they don't know how extorted right like how much could they push for how important is it to these people that this information doesn't get out because what is this list is this a list of people who owe the judge money right because he's like i got in trouble with a woman Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think that's illegal. Like, Mishandle I don't know, like, what affairs. 
yeah like is this like i had a dead hooker in vegas type of women trouble or is this like i had to pay off a mistress so that i didn't uh you know something didn't get in a newspaper kind of woman trouble or is this i had a bad kill somebody to be with a woman and they paid for hitting like that's that's like high level extortion stuff but you know, since this is an Elmore yeah. Leonard justified adaptation, I did get the feeling that they're probably underestimating David Cross. Like, you're supposed to understand that uh-huh. this is like the Albanians all over again. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. This guy... In fact, the fact that he's a big uh, commercial real estate developer, I'm not so sure that the Albanians wouldn't be all up in that. Possibly. You know, like that yeah. they're, you know, like maybe, uh, uh, what is his name? Tomo. He's trying to go legit. Uh you know, he's invested in the um, nursing home. He's invested mm-hmm. in the hot dog stand. What other investment? So I, I, I looked at because every time you think that there's some kind of civilian's going to be pushed over, he's always there's always a Win Duffy, you know, sure. con- connection there. That's like you know, like a Winnebago sh- drives up and like, oh, what the fuck is this? So I, I, I mm-hmm. think there's probably more to this, and maybe yeah, sweating him a be. second time is the wrong because that's the other insane thing is like once you blackmail someone. And then you give, and then you go back and do it again. You need to give them confidence that this, this is a one-time thing. Otherwise, that's when people start going to the cops. Have, yeah, or no, yeah, or yeah, hiring hitmen to come after you. Whatever they but, need to do, right? But the sweetie side of this bothers me because, like, it might actually be safer to do three or four higher risks pushes on people than to go around to twenty different rich and powerful people in Detroit. Those people talk to each other. Sure, like. Yeah. Why the fuck is Judge Guy's book coming back on us? Who are these people? Like, you're going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems risky to, like, use this as an ATM again and again and again. So, oh, yeah, like, and I, Sandy knows it. I mean, it's... Later, when he describes it as that, it's, like, red siren flashing lights yeah. going off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at first, I thought this might be worth hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. But now, it's like, I don't know how they're going to get that. It might be in total, but, like, how the hell are you ever going to get that before the powers of B grind you down? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're going to be getting it on all sides if they're not careful. Uh, I would say that I agree with Clement in his description of the situation where he evaluates his performance as keeping cool mm-hmm. the, for Clement that he was very cool in this room. He mm-hmm. didn't pull a gun, right? He didn't threaten the guy, nothing like that. But he did come back in the dead of night. So like, Oh, he's I'm not gonna, cool later. Yeah. But yeah, in I'm, that I'm going to grade this on a curve, you know? <laughs> yeah. You don't but get credit for being cool. You don't, you, don't, you don't get a credit for skipping a meal if at three o'clock in the morning you you, you go down and reheat it in a microwave and eat it. No, that's, that's still too close to home. That's too close to home, man. We got to move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Raylan meets Carolyn at her office and invites her out to dinner. They are being followed by Jamal. And over dinner, Raylan tries to get some information about the book out of Carolyn. But Jamal shows up, makes things awkward for Carolyn when he threatens Raylan. So she leaves. Um. There, there's a. Uh, I, I like this exchange a lot. I, I like everything about this scene. You know, him approaching Carolyn and inviting her out to dinner. Uh, it, this has a dual purpose, right? He can he can spend a little time with his lady friend, and he can also keep tabs on her and make sure the Albanians aren't uh, coming up on her. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I, I think that registers in her mind, right? That this isn't all personal this is a little bit professional as well yeah and she's trying to get a kind of like nail railing down like you know who 
like are you like if we're going to get in bed together then you know i just assumed this and now let's uh uh kind of talk but like and also raylan's they're 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 both taking turns holding each other arm's length because you know raylan's like oh we're talking about emotions now and Mm -hmm. yeah um and you know she talk about how they both kind of like she's trying to think i see eye to eye with him about how they choose to wield their personal power you know, she's mm-hmm. trying to like, I, I want to be like kind of like you where I can get in a position where I can make the moves you do, but like not with a gun, with a gavel. Um, and Raylan feels and pretty desperate up. in these scenes, you know, when they're talking and he's trying to get information about this book, that, that feels like a desperation move to me. Um, he's kind of run down all the yeah. leads that he's got and he's run into dead ends everywhere. No new clues. Still doesn't see the connection. And so now he's asking the defense attorney again, like she's already stonewalled him, right? Yeah. And trying to protect her too, because there's an element of like totally. this, the danger here is off the charts. And do you need a good lawyer kind of? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and that implicates her. He, he's implying a lot there too, right? Like if I were to ask questions about this book officially, would you need a lawyer present to talk about it? Because maybe you're in deeper than I know. He's but that, that line where he Jamal pops up and Raylan's like, "Oh yeah, the street pastor," and he's like, "Gary, don't don't tell me this corn dog is your new flavor." He goes, "Oh no, I'm sorry, the nutritionist." <laughs> yes, <laughs> so yeah. funny. Now this so funny exchange, man. Yeah, it's great like this too. guy Jamal is so trying yeah. to like mark the territory, going back to like mm-hmm. you, you know, you were this is the spot we went to after prom, and we. I thought it was interesting I mean, he uh, went into college. We went our own way in college, but then we ran back in each other's arms like, hmm, the, who, the who business broke up? card, right? That, that's the icing on the cake. The business card is the thing because it's wilder yeah. and wilder. He's putting this business card that is ancient history even, as far as Carolyn's concerned. Wilder and wilder is, anymore, yep. And it's such a slap in the face to Carolyn too because I'm getting the impression that what has happened here between them is he defrauded that company? He stole a bunch oh, yeah. of money from Wilder and Wilder, and uh-huh. left her with the tax bill. Yep. Uh, so, so like busting out this car that he's still carrying around as a token of their like connection, when it's also just like the token of their disconnection yeah. too. It's like, ah, uh, you're infuriating, dude. And he seems like that kind of guy, where he will just talk and talk and talk and try and yeah. convince you and convince you and just never you down. just yeah. wear you down and it yeah. almost works it almost works on her this episode almost um, I, I also love where he threatens to whip Raylan's ass it's like you don't know I got a black belt and Raylan stands up go oh, I got one of them too and he shows his belt that's got his badge and the gun which of course sends awesome. him all off awesome. I'm like oh my god he's police what right um, is that true yeah. that the best Chinese place in Detroit is actually in Canada wouldn't know I don't know that's a funny that's just I was I thought that was a funny funny thing to say. Mhm. Uh yeah, but that's a great scene. Um then we go over to Sandy who's coming back to Del Weems place and she's excited to see all this money that they got from Bert, but she's concerned that Clement wants to stick around and keep making plays from the little black book. When she says about the situation, if we're going to stay, we got to take care of the situation. She's referring to this Del Weems apartment, right? Like he's been gone on a retreat this entire time. Mm-hmm. Is Del or is Del Weems like tied up in a basement somewhere? Like the way she said the situation, yeah. I did not like what she said about taking care of this situation. 
It didn't like if you're worried about Dell coming back, then say that. Don't say that there's a situation that needs to be taken care of. D- does she mean the Albanians? Maybe because that's the thing oh, that's foremost on her mind, right? Is the Albanians? This is true stuff. too. Right, right. So maybe that's yeah, the situation. Yeah, I think you're right. Clement doesn't see I still it as a, think, I don't as know a situation, what, I don't though, which is a problem. Yeah, I don't know what happens when Dell comes back. Yeah, I, I have. I every episode I just kind of expect him to come back, and he never does. So at this point, yeah. I'm like, well, he's never coming back. Um, I, th- this is another really good scene, and I love how sly Clement is in his loyalty tests here. Like, I think that's what's happening in this scene when she you know suggests that they they need to leave or whatever and he's like no we're gonna stick around and do this thing and he asks her what she thinks of his singing voice i think this is a loyalty test because if she tells him oh you got a great voice i think he knows she'd be full of bullshit but because she says you know something that is like not insulting a, a little patronizing though maybe he knows she's still loyal. She's still willing to tell the truth. And yeah. she gets that. She knows this is a test question too. Yeah, I don't know. And he's super high and you know that can make people <laughs> uh-huh. wear and paranoid. He's I, just marveling at the intricacy of money. I love yeah, that. Yeah. He's uh I don't know, man. He's a da- he's a dangerous guy. And it's like one of those guys that's like it's super fun because he's so unpredictable, he's funny and all, but like that same unpredictability when you see it turn kind of like murderous is extremely scary because you can't predict them. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't feel safe. And, yeah, and she how... looked terrified in this scene. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the second, the second she realized that this wasn't going to be a quick money and go to Aruba for fun. Yeah. She's like, fuck. That's the thing. She's so at his mercy. Uh, yeah. Cause she just, she can't, she can't get out of his orbit. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why. Probably because he just forces himself into that orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, if she tried, he'd just be there to suck her back in, like Jamal's trying to do. Yep. I don't know. I, I don't think they're ever going to be done hitting this the ATM that is this book. I, I think one way or another, like they're going to hit it until they someone's going to take get the car killed. away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Carolyn goes to Jamal's house where he promises that he's a changed man and tries to hook up with her. Uh, unfortunately, she spots for for him. She spots some ladies' accessories in the house and gets pissed. She tells him that she's done with him and that if he ever tries to ask for anything again, she'll burn him down. Literally, actually, his closet anyway. I want to squeal on you like William O'Neill did for Fred Hampton. Did burn your whole closet? That was some. That's uh, the FBI informant that uh, turned Judas Iscariot to Black Panther leader Fred Hampton she's referring to. Oh, okay. Uh, Just wondering. And, uh, yeah, and she's like, there's like, man, it's some real pathos in this scene. I thought this was really good, the fact that, uh, you know, she was so close to, like, taking him back, even with Raylan in her life, even with, like, what a bad idea this is. Like, he is such got such a hold on her, but then she sees the... You know the purse, and then the nail polish, and then the tiggle, the tiggle bitty bras hanging in the shower. Have tiggle bitties take you shopping, uh, sir? Yeah, it's pretty. And then that line of like, "I am so broke, and you're the one that's broke me." By the way, yeah. But I will pay anything for you to be nothing more than a memory to me. 
And then she gets in her car and she's out of there. Yeah. Uh, is a fantastic scene. Um, from, I, I think you pronounce her name Anjanu Alice Taylor. Uh, she's mm-hmm. so good in this scene. Carolyn. Um, it, very good. I, I was very impressed. The, the, the way she flips that switch from being seduced here by this just awful man who she can't seem to resist into you know the the sadness that she feels that so much right she's wasted so much of her time with this yeah. guy he's never been any good guy. she yeah she's put so much into him hoping that this would be a good thing and it's turned out yeah. to be rotten she's like i needed honesty from you and you know look what you've given me is this because she slept with Raylan? Is this is this she's finally seeing things for the way they have always been because she's been with Raylan? I imagine having a shot of self-esteem like that would probably help you stand your ground because you know I, yeah. I'm sure at, at this point you know there's been a lot of uh, I guess I I, I don't know it's just really fear if, if uh, fascinating the idea that they broke up in college and I'm pretty certain that it was his idea that he thought that he could do better. And then when, you know, she probably excelled and flourished in college and law school, and then she was his meal ticket. And but like, you know, the idea that like she's he's probably worked on her, you know, and made her feel like uh, he's the only guy that can see how special she is. And the fact that another guy right. without knowing her very took in, it had to help, had to help, had to give her a little bit yeah. of extra uh, dry powder in the can, you know. Mm hmm. Uh, and then Clement shows up in Bert's house at night and takes his garlic painting. Not a painting of garlic. Painting by garlic. Man, they this is a deep fucking cut in the, the art world. I tried to look up this guy. Oh, yeah? The Stanley Garlic. Uh, Stanley Garlic artist, Stanley Garlic paint. I could not find much about him at all. Honestly, um, I didn't even think to look him up because I care so little about that I don't that either, world, but, like, every but... once in a while, sometimes it'll be, like, a really funny thing that ties into the universe yeah, or whatnot. Yeah. But, like, yeah, if anyone knows what the whole garlic about it, it, it is some shit to go push someone after you've already given the blackmail material to. You rip the page mm. out of the book, you give it to them, and then you, you, you press them again. That's got to be... That's yeah. How does this bite them in the ass, though? I mean, it, it bites. So, so he's showing this guy that they won't be satisfied with whatever he gives them, right? I, mm-hmm. they, they can continue to show up and continue to demand more. But here's the thing: they gave him the piece of paper that connects him, right? So it's not about information anymore. I think it's about Clement being a dangerous man. Yeah, Clement. And he impresses I, in 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 very good fashion, like showing up inside someone's bedroom in the middle of the night as they're sleeping is a power move, right? Yes. It's intimidating as fuck. Yeah. So that's now what they're going on. This is not a threat of revealing something. This is a threat of violence. Mm -hmm. How far can that go? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And it's not, it's not, you're no longer using the ATM. That's not, you're no longer being slick. No, no. And Sweetie knows nothing about it is the most fucked up thing, right? He's behind his back making plays here. making plays behind Sweetie's, yep. And like you said, people are going to talk. And what happens when they go to the next guy and they know Clem has been doing this? It's the same thing. Like, Clem 
Sweetie signed up for a particular heist and Clem uh-huh. fucking changed the rules in the middle of it. So now, and it's not going to be like Clem's doing this. It's going to be like Clem and the Sweetie guy. Yeah. No, he's roped so, him back in. It's the wrecking crew shit all over again, right? Yep. Yep. He's wrecking more shit. <laughs> yep. Uh, Carolyn goes to Sweetie's and asks to see the book so she can get that judge position. She is absolutely blown away by what name she finds in it. Um, apparently finding one she can use. Yeah, it's got it's it's got to be her uh, Diane prosecutor friend, right? That makes the most sense. Why else introduce that element? Because we Agreed. already know she's not, you know, having a good time going after this judge position for other reasons, but having Diane in the picture. Yeah. And there's like, it's, so here's a little uh, Elmore Leonard thing. Like a lot of times he'll tell you all the ways things are going to go wrong before they do. Mm-hmm. Um like he mentions that hey this is our pouch of diamonds don't go burn anybody on it without telling us first like you got it's it's going to be in a situation where this is a candle burnt from two ends you got Clem doing shit that's off the books not telling sweet you're going to have Carolyn doing shit off the books and then Sweetie's going to be in the middle yeah and it's that seems like a, a lot of tragedy there because we also know how much Sweetie means or how much uh, yeah how much Sweetie means to Carolyn so like I think it's mm-hmm. going to end up she's kind of probably be the architect of his demise and uh, we'll probably get some uh, more great acting out of Ellis June yeah uh, I assume so and then finally Raylan tries to text with his daughter but she doesn't feel like talking and Ellis Raylan... Taylor Anjanu yeah. Ellis Taylor I got, yeah it's a slippery name it is uh uh, Raymond Cruz meets him at the bar and Raylan asks some questions about Clement. Raylan tell, or Raymond, sorry, it's very confusing. Raymond and Raylan in the same scene. Uh, Raymond tells him a story about a case with a guy he couldn't manage to arrest, so he ended up shooting him instead. This is uh, foreshadowing, like you said. You know, you want to know the ways things can go bad. Mm, Raylan could just shoot Clement. I don't think he's above it either. I mean, we've seen him kill the, the, the people way that, that maybe didn't ask for it, weren't provoking him that way. Yeah, the fact that this gave Raylan pause, I thought was. I, I don't think know. This there works is a better with dis- the character in the book because we are not as familiar with their exploits, right? Yeah, and and I think that like it's more of like I I'm trying to think I'm trying to struggle like Raylan has definitely set people up to mur- suicide by cop but I don't mm. think he's ever shot someone that's like reaching for a cell phone or had a like his whole thing is he is that guy he is the guy who has a split second draw that can identify a guy pulling a gun versus pulling a bottle opener whereas Raymond Cruz doesn't but you know Raymond like his whole yeah. thing is like I, this guy needed to die he was guilty. He was fucking with me. Now he's coming saying yeah, he's going he's to be my friend, but he's he's just a crazy person. So I'm going to put, you know, he's going to give me the justification I need to put him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, like Raylan did, like, you know, if you want to say the first the pilot episode, but Raylan didn't put a gun to that guy's head and make him draw on him. That guy, he, he mind fucked him into doing it, but he did draw. Like if that guy just played it cool, mm-hmm. Raylan wouldn't have shot him. So. Yeah. There's a lot of people I, I thought, like that. And there are isolated instances where I don't think you needed to shoot the guy like uh, there was the I forget his I remember his face I don't remember his name but the guy who like set up the hundred thousand dollar heist and he was just running away with the money or Mm -hmm. whatever 
and mm-hmm. Raylan shoots him down, you know? So, like, mm. he, he doesn't have to be quite provoked. He can be justified without being provoked and kill the guy. Yeah. And I feel like he might, you know, blur those lines a little bit for Clement. I think this is a good setup is what I'm saying. I, I think yeah. Raylan could get there. Yeah. Just do some extra legal justice, you know? <laughs> we'll see. Because we already know as the audience, we already know that, like, Clem deserves it. Of course. I mean, he, yeah. yeah. He's With that, guilty. that perfect information we have. Yeah. That kind of vigilante stuff is. But I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to see Raylan go total vigilante either. Right. But, but that's the moral stakes for show. They're the setup in the show. But would you forgive him if he did it to protect his daughter? <sighs> How cool does he look when he's doing it? There's that too. Is he yeah. wearing a, a, a Vibata cello actually have hat? His hat or yeah. Does, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Does he, <laughs> He let himself get out of shape. He's got a beer gut going bald. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, that's the end of the episode. I don't know if you want to talk about more, but I'm good. No, I think it's uh, we're good. We got a little bit of feedback. You want to consider it? Yeah, let's do it. You're listening to the Justified Podcast. We'll be right back. Howdy, deputy. We're back with the Justified Podcast. Justified at baldmove.com is how you send us feedback. First up was Philly Nick said regarding the genuine WW2 replica, this murder weapon has me so frustrated the TV show. First of all, it's got a minimum three different sets of prints on it. Clement, Sandy, Sweetie. No one ever wipes it down when the gun changes possession. Secondly, Sweetie's testimony in the gun is evidence that can get Clement convicted for the long time. But if Sweetie ends up a dead man, the gun may disappear forever once the bar is sold as he hid it inside the jukebox. Even if the gun is found afterwards without the dead man's testimony, it has no value. Carolyn is Clement's lawyer, so she can't testify against him. Uh, granted, they pivoted away from the storyline, but it's still frustrating. Trust me, the gun is coming back, me, hermanos. Oh, yes. This gun mm-hmm. is going yeah, to yeah. be. But I think you're, all these things you're saying are like classic Elmore Leonard things. Like, yeah, no, no one has the prince... Or every, the, the prince got everyone's the gun has everyone's prints on it no one's wiping it but that just muddies the water in terms of its you know its providence and its use as evidence right mm-hmm. so it's finally Blanton's bourbon has eight different toppers with the jockey and horse and eight various racing positions uh really? yes I'm oh. no I I was halfway I've got the like BLT Oh, I I was on my way and I was going to build a nice little box to kind of hold them all in, and then the they just became impossible. <laughs> like I fucking and then I started millennials got involved and now bourbon's yeah. a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just it's just impossible to fucking find. And again, it, it's 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 decent <laughs> bourbon, but I was just I just wanted to collect the fucking horses, and now I probably never will. So for the record, to all those millennials listening out there, I'm a millennial. I'm just giving a shit. They could just make bourbon. more bourbon, you know. No, no, then it wouldn't <laughs> sell for as much. They'd work twice as hard and make half as much money. Yeah, oh, all right. It's capitalism, like they said. Uh, Brian from Dallas says, hey, guys, super quick question. Or no, I'm sorry, FYI about Raylan's hat in the show. It's from a company called Baron Hats in California. Uh, and not my native Stetson here in Texas. They actually collaborated uh, with timothy elephant on a hat for the original show and it came back again to update the hat for this limited series custom-made hats aren't cheap but they stand by their product and customer service yeah i got so like 
uh, Knudsen Hats um, maintained that this was a Stetson 6X beaver that had been hand-shaped into the distinctive Rayland uh, thing with a custom buckle arrangement. It seems persuasive. Um, you can buy from Knudsen Hats if you don't want to go to Baron Hats and spend $1,300 on a Timothy Oliphant official Rayland hat. Uh, you can, for three seventy five pick up one of these hand-modified Stetson 6X beavers and be well on your way to a, to a Raylan costume. But, uh, yeah, Ooh, I don't know. Still I just, a little spicy for me as a non Yeah, it's a lot of money for, uh, uh, unless you were just going to be a regular hat guy. And if I was a regular daily hat guy, I don't know if I'd go with a Raylan. Isn't that something big. like, you, you see a guy going down the street and he's wearing like a India Jones fedora. Do you think, oh man, that guy is as cool as Indiana Jones? Or do you think, what the fuck is that guy <laughs> doing rocking a fedora with a members only jacket? You know, where's your whip, dude? You know, I might give it to him. Just the the balls to wear a hat in modern society. Really, any style hat other than a baseball cap, I think, is good on you. Good on you. You're you're doing your own thing, and I respect it. Scott says, as a longtime Bald Move Club member, I listened to a lot of your content. I'm thoroughly enjoying how much you were enjoying. Justified being back on the screen. Well, thank you, Scott. That's what we're going for. As I've mentioned in previous correspondence, I'm a big Leonard fan, so I don't want to speculate on the showroom much in terms of what I'm familiar with that's in the book. I would like to say how much I'm enjoying Oliphant being back in the role that he's made his own. He's railing through and through. A perfect example of this to me is a slow motion shot they did of Clement and Sandy driving past the fallout of Sandy's apartment in Kokomo. The slow motion reaction shot of Oliphant is saying everything about Raylan all at once. Not a word, but his expression simultaneously somehow expresses son of a bitch. I'm going to get you son of a bitch. You got us. And also just a little bit of, I got to admit while you're a dick, you're also kind of cool. Raylan seems to enjoy the fact that this type of antagonist is weirdly compelling, attractive and cool. He seems to enjoy their stick up to the point where it becomes dangerous. And then he enjoys stopping them. It's a really specific and weird vibe. And Oliphant just nails it. Uh, Of course, Raylan couldn't help but enjoy hanging out with Boyd. And I feel like just a little part of him kind of enjoys sparring with Clement. Um, I think you're 100 percent right. Like, you think of how boring Raylan's life usually is. He's ferrying criminals back and forth to prison. He's providing security to judges. He's meeting people who are like, you know, the dicky crows of the world. They're just fucking idiots. You come across like a genuinely clever bad guy with some kind of sophisticated moral code. I bet that does get get his his lawman's dick hard. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he also just finds these characters entertaining. You know, they're good characters. Uh, uh-huh. Like you said, right up until it becomes dangerous, and then he's got to put them down. Yeah. And you can see there's like sometimes he wrestles with like, why are you like this? Like you could uh-huh. so obviously be successful on the right side of the law. Why are you like, damn, I want to like you, dude. Well, just stop. Stop with all the bullshit and go legit. But mm-hmm. easy for a guy who made it out of Harlan to say, right? Uh, Reginald says, "Is Carolyn Wilder, uh, ingenue Ellis Taylor, deserves uh, delivers a tour de force performance in this episode? The range of emotions she's shown recently is incredible. At times she's fiercely independent, but other times she's calling for help. She keeps telling Raylan to the back off, or it's all business between them. But she's the one who plies him with alcohol and flirtatious chatter." This episode, she continues to go to extremes. On one hand, she displayed the holier-than-thou self-righteousness. For instance, she tells her lawyer friend Diane that she doesn't deserve to be on the bench because she's a politician. 
But on the other hand, by the end of the episode, she's willing to break the law by blackmailing and extorting people just to be a judge. Her last scene with her ex, Jamal, is magnificently dramatic. It all came out. Here is a good woman who's just got her spirit broken. She admits it. Like someone with a compromised immune system who's vulnerable to all sorts of maladies, Carolyn is liable to fall victim to the sorts of self-inflicted wounds uh, if she doesn't stop herself. Excellent writing by Aisa Davis and excellent acting by Ellis Taylor. This is how you portray a well-rounded, tough but vulnerable, intelligent but naive, honorable but compromised woman. She doesn't get Emmy consideration. It'll be a travesty. I don't know about the Emmys. Emmys are bullshit. Their own thing. Institution yeah. award ceremony. Uh, I can get. I, she will be con- get consideration during the Baldies for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people at the Emmys wear hats. I don't know what they're thinking. Can't predict them. But <laughs> not even over here at the Six X Beaver Stetsons either. They're wearing. I don't know the the the, the beanies with propellers on them. Yeah. Yeah, like sure. hats weren't even cool in the Kennedy administration. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of hat beaver skin, but bowler hats, but no, no raccoon Bo- skin, bowler. like some real jughead shit. All right, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think this has been an amazing character and an amazing performance, and I'm liking her more every single episode. Yeah, she's got a like I said, I the 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 vulnerable gear she had here with Jamal, I didn't expect out of her. Uh, cuz mm-hmm. she had the like the tough as nails, she had the smolder down, but like this genuine kind of like vulnerability going back to like you know, the 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 high school sweetheart version of her where she really fell in love with this man, thought it'd be, you know, and you could probably like after college when she comes back in his life, she it must have felt like destiny, like oh, it's the band getting he now. was telling her it was for sure oh you definitely know she's working <laughs> he's working that and now here she mm-hmm. is in the you know at the and she hasn't been where she wants in any phase of her life and <sighs> this fucker's a big part of it um that's gonna do for it the podcast that's gonna do it for the bird and the podcast and then the shits and it's to done and uh, justified at baldmove.com is how you send us feedback. You wanna... Dick you in it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 your outro <laughs> If you want to follow us, we're on social media at Bald Move almost everywhere except for TikTok. We're at uh, at Baldest Move there. And if you're like, I'd like to get more of this Bald Move stuff and ah, cool it with the advertisements. Hey, have I got a deal for you? Support.baldmove.com. Join the club for as little as five dollars a month. Get tons of bonus content, video content, whole other shows, and no ads ever. Uh, and tons more. Go to support.baldmove.com for details. That's it for this week's Justified. Thanks, thanks, thanks for listening again. We'll see you next week to see what Raylan and Carolyn get up to. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. Good morning. Hands on hips, please. Now then, touch your toes with me. Ready. Touchdown. Up. Every morning. Down. Ten times. Not just. Steady, not too fast, ready. Push up, down, every morning. Ten times, push, push up, start. starting low. Down, that's five, more down. The rise, shucks, do the baby guys go. Go, chicken fat, go away. Down, go, you chicken fat, go.